welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 402. The gang is back. We didn't record last week because Lynn said that it was terrible weather and she wouldn't be able to drive over here when... It's like three blocks away. Yeah, guys, and it was not terrible weather was last week. an inch of ice on my car. It took me an hour to scrape it But off. yeah, we got our an snow poke... Snow apocalypse. Oh, you are just snow. bad today. I can drive in snow. I'm not driving I, I will say this. You live in the bottom of a fucking bowl, Tony. <laughs> you do. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get home today. I, Is that a literal or a metaphor? I was at camp last Both. weekend, and the ice was so... It was like the perfect amount of ice where the ground looked safe. But was it was not. not. At home. Can you no. talk more with your left hand, please? When you're yes, <laughs> he's got the he's got the infinity anyway. in his hand. So we uh we did some reviews. I talked is about Iron Man and the question. Yes, I covered Venom. The end. The end of Venom. And then we also talked some Witcher, some Watchmen, some oh, Star Wars, the Black Dodger, the some Witcher Baby Talk. Yodas. Talk about a lot of oh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Charles, what did you reveal? The Kylo Ren. Uh, the Rise yeah, we we move beyond Charles. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring we it back. A, we have a we'll bring it back around. <laughs> What'd you review? Uh, I reviewed uh, <laughs> the some great news I got from my girlfriend. I don't <laughs> have, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and no. I just kind of uh, uh, enjoyed the ride, man. Sometimes you just, just got to go. You with just the Anthony'd up the joint. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let people decide whether that's a good or. I a bad brought thing. perspective <laughs> of some kind. Good thing. Well, find out what the fuck they're all talking about. (laughs) Grab a drink and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 402. It smells like chocolate. Looking at the, his own reflection, I was just like, "This is cinema genius." I the rest of this movie hurt. doesn't even matter. The Rock turning into some weird mutant, which has some weird flashback for me back to the Mummy Returns, <laughs> where <laughs> Scorpion King <laughs> oh, comes <the> out. <laughs> bad CGI. The Scorpion worst King. CGI ever. Now we have kind of bad costume CGI. Rock is a monster, and Carl Urban's like, "It's okay. The medicine didn't." destroy me. Did you watch the new Doom that they just made for Netflix? Annihilation? Nope. Yeah. It's on my watch list. I heard I it's pretty bad. I, I haven't either, but that's why, it's, that's, it's one of those, like, do I save it for so bad, movie like bad movie night? Might have to. Oh my gosh. You know, I'll watch it and then let you know. Doom is one of my, it's like top five video games. I play it. I play I it. You play video, video games? Video game, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Doom yeah. Eternal coming out? Whoa. I have very, I don't play a lot. I have very Specific franchises I play: Doom being one of them, Tomb Raider being the other one, and I played the shit out of Dead Space, all three of them. I fucking love that game. Oh man, Dead Space One. That's the only time I almost punched my mother was playing <laughs> that game. Like they'll go, I love my mother, uh, but I decided to go full horror game, and I turned off. This was a summer I was home from college. Turned off all the lights. So the only thing in the room creating light, I closed the windows and curtains and everything, was the screen, which mm. was on max brightness. So my peripheral was useless because it's just the comparison light levels was just, I couldn't see anything. And even though my mom opened the door and the hallway light was on, she came over and tapped my shoulder because I had noise-canceling headphones on too, <laughs> so I couldn't hear anything but the game. I'm just sitting there like wired. You know? um, and it was a scene where one of the creatures pops out of the wall right when she put her hand on my shoulder. Oh and so my I God. put my hand in a fist and I swung and she took a step back and I was like, ah, don't hit your mother. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I love that game. It terrified me. Speaking of games, I know you love Smash Brothers. Yes. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm going to say? Yes, another Fire Emblem character is being added to it. I... Oh, of course, it wouldn't be a... <laughs> wouldn't be a show in a long time if I didn't uh, mute that. <laughs> That was uh, obviously loud because it was right by the mic. Um, yeah, so fire, <laughs> fire Emblem. Wait, you record these things? <laughs> what the hell, man? You got a lawsuit coming. Anyways, let's keep talking about this. Uh, we have noted before playing how many freaking sword fighters are in this yeah. game. And I feel like all they do is... I mean, they just put a skin over pretty much what they already had, tweak a little bit of stuff, and 
there's a new character. That's how you make money nowadays. That's how you do things. Well, it's kind of shitty because most of these DLCs were, uh, when they first said they're going to start doing these, you bought these passes. They're not. You didn't know I, what character it was going to. Yeah, be. and I don't feel so. like it's paying off of what they thought they would be. Oh. 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 We're on. <laughs> Anyone else want to turn off the ringtone right now? I set mine off when we walked in. Mine's always off. That was on purpose. <laughs> good good save. Um, no. I've seen Call of Duty uh, games uh, levels that ha have you reused the exact same level. Yeah, and just different assets on top yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that, what a cop out. But I know how to, to navigate through this already, so it's kind of nice, I guess. The biggest thing for the Smash Bros is, and like for me, I paid the 20 bucks, 25 bucks, and you get like the season pass. So that's what any games are doing now. If they're going to have DLC. They say, buy it. It's basically pre-ordering with zero knowledge of what's going to be in it. But you're like, I know I'm going to get bored at the end of this, so I would like something extra. And the first couple DLC characters for Smash Bros. were great. You had Piranha Plant. You had Joker from Persona 5. Um, you had Hero from the Dragon Quest series, which it's a sword character, but he was unique. He would do like magic and stuff like that. But uh, Donkey... I don't know if you guys watch his YouTube channel, but he actually put out a video regarding this. And it's funny because it's satire, obviously, but it's like 85% correct satire, which is the best because it's just him pretending to be, um, I forget the guy's name, the Smash Bros, but announcing it because that's what they did at the Nintendo Direct. They announced it, and I was just like, another? Well, and that's the they thing. They nine already. I mean, they, they used to... I mean, throw in new uh, Pokemon characters, yeah, and that overtook because like there's so many different characters, different franchises you can add characters to that most people want to see diversity within the cast. Yep. And when they added Pokemon characters, at least the Pokemon characters seem to be completely different move sets. The Sword Fighters seem to be Slash and Bash. Um, I think it's interesting. What was that hand motion? So we're gonna call it the slash and bash. Slashing and bashing. I feel bad for you. Everyone <laughs> listening immediately knows what hand motion Tony is. <laughs> we don't even need to describe it. Uh, what I mean, an interesting part. So the Joker, protagonist from Persona Five, uh, that's only on PlayStation. Like that game is only. It never was on a Nintendo thing. So things like Pokemon was on Nintendo. Uh, even Solid Snake, he was on GameCube. He was on Nintendo as well. So they have some access to those characters. You have a character that's never on it, but they keep adding. And they're based. A couple of them are different, but I think that that's the single largest game, is adding characters from the Fire Emblem. And Polygon has a video where a, a satirical video where they talk about how to tell the difference between Fire Emblem characters like the different archetypes of characters because every Fire Emblem game you have like 30 characters that you have to learn who they are blah 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 and it basically comes down to they're all the same they all end up being put in the exact same category and it doesn't matter who's who which is even worse in a game where you have no story or separation of characters like Smash Bros I think they're up to 60 or like wow. 58 or wow. 59 That's characters is how many you have it's one game. of the most fun fighting games it's great um Mortal Kombat's also getting new skins for their characters as well. The DC oh, Netherworlds okay. skin pack. Say, so it's, that. it's not new characters, it's literally costumes. For... I hate when, if you pay for that sort of sh like unlocking it, cool. You can upgrade or update what they look like, but any pain for just skins is, oh. I will say this, robbery. if you have a game with a cash shop or microtransactions or loot boxes, whatever, if all you get out of it is cosmetics, I'm okay mm -hmm. with it existing. Because that means that game is f other people's money decisions. I would say poor money decisions, but money <laughs> decisions are fueling my game. That I like to play the game itself. So I'm okay with it at that level. Um, but as long as you're not getting an advantage because you're pay to win type stuff which if anyone listening is considering getting into the asian mmo market bring money because that is the korean mmos you pay lots of money if you want to play anything mm. we did that back in high school when 
we realized quickly. Mm-hmm. We're like, wait, we're not nearly wealthy enough to afford all these <laughs> items on my ramen budget. You know, cutting back on ramen so I can afford soap that cleans me of my player killing status so that I can go around and kill players again. Um, well, we'll get into more news in a bit, but let's start with some reviews. Anthony, I know you don't have anything. I have no reviews, but this week uh, I already uh, ordered them from, uh, I made sure they had them all at Vault of Midnight downtown. I'm going to go through all of the up-to-date, uh, the King Arthur series. Oh, uh, Once the Future? Once the Future, yep. Because I was really digging that one. So I was two in. I think they've released five. They have one left that's coming out next month, I think. So, and I saw some of the uh, cover art for them. And I was like, oh, I have to, I have to read these now. It's got uh, all the different King Arthur characters on it. So that's that's gonna be mine. I'll have an extended review next week. It'll be a forty-minute Anthony only <laughs> double comic series special <laughs> color spread. Yeah. Charles, do you have anything you want to... Well, I read uh, the um, the Kylo Ren Rise of the Skywalker, or uh, Rise of Kylo Ren, sorry, and um, well, there, was a, there was two of them, I just want to follow up with the other ones, where uh, it kind of explains a little bit of the relationship between Snoke and, and, uh, and, and Kylo Ren, but it doesn't explain a lot of other things like the Knights of Ren or the origin of it, it's just it kind of makes up rules about how... How they how they operate or something like that. Like they run around finding force sensitive people, and then give them a choice. And then to induction into the uh, the group is you have to kill somebody you know close to you or whatever. Which kind of makes you think uh, that the reason that Kylo killed Han Solo was to be in the Knights of Ren, but that was like way in the past. Didn't make any sense at all either. So, um, <laughs> so it's one of those uh, why. A lot of exposition right. you didn't need. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And it doesn't answer any of the questions you had, but you're like, okay. And it do, it's, it assumes that, like, Kylo and Snoke have been, like, talking, force talking. <laughs> That's a new thing. Uh, <laughs> force discussing, discussing uh, things for quite some time before finally when, um, when Kylo thought that uh, Luke was trying to attack him, that he uh, destroyed the whole area. But... He didn't do a lot of the fire that was happening in the background. He just destroyed that one little spot well, in the story. I don't know if it's, you know, canon or anything like that. But I guess it could be, right? I should look into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, be careful if you're looking at anything Star Wars. It's a long, deep, dark hole, and you may not come out. Right, definitely. Well, I have some things to talk about Star Wars in, in a bit, so... So the, the fire was started by some lightning that struck the area at the same time. Force lightning? Well, maybe. Doesn't say anything about that, but um, these other uh, these other uh, people are these other Jedi are just hanging out for a bit, um, and then uh, he attacks them and stuff. And he's like, "I'm not gonna kill you." And he's like, "Well, why are you attacking us then?" And then he he leaves, and they follow him. But then he like destroys part of their ship because he's like a really good pilot. He destroys part of their ship and. They're stuck in space for a while. Lost in space? Lost in space for Ooh. a while. Second season was actually really good, by the way. BT dub. <laughs> Continue, Charles. Lost in space. Did they ever get unlost in space? <laughs> yes, eventually. Danger, Spoiler Kylo alert. Ren. Oh, danger. You, guys. <laughs> um, you broke I thought his it was... train of thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it was like a lot of fun to, like, you know, sort of talk about how why or how and stuff like that but none of the answers <laughs> but you don't even know the why or the how you don't yeah that, I guess that's how it goes though like they, they feed you little bits of information and make new rules up and stuff but uh, I don't know I but, think that's the characteristic of modern Star Wars is making new rules up but I, I think the piece that they're forgetting is that it doesn't stop with like a couple pieces of media. It's not like I'm just gonna make this rule up here, and you know it'll be fun for the story. It'll call it good. And they're like, oh, by the way, you broke uh, all the rules, and now every other game and media has to respect that for the next 25 years. So until we until we uh, put time travel into it, and then, yeah, you know, until the Infinity Gems show up, <laughs> and there's a Star Wars Marvel crossover to fix the timelines with 
some form of fantastical event. All they do is just take the crystals out of the lightsabers and they got the, the infinity gem lightsabers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Linz, what did you have? Um, so I read. Hey, what? No, it was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. done. <laughs> did you have more? Oh, there was always more. Did you? Oh, what read, else did you read? Did you read Venom: The End? Mm-mm, no. Did you? Yes. Oh. Okay. Please tell so, me. <laughs> so, I actually haven't been keeping up on the Venom event that was happening. Like, I don't know how that ended or anything like that. I was just surprised it was actually over. I just assumed it was going to go on for forever. Forever, <laughs> yeah. It just seemed like it was the longest event ever on the face we of the planet. We needed to touch every character. So I don't know if this is like a direct tie-in to that event, and this is like their way of capping it off because it didn't feel like it was tied into the event. Other than at the beginning of it, Venom had like that DNA structure emblem on the front of him that he got from going like Super Venom in the comic books which is where I stopped reading. Um, but this basically is Venom for trillions of years in the future. And it starts with, like, already way in the future. Where is it Eddie Brock? He's kept Eddie Brock alive. Oh, nice. For hundreds of years, even though Eddie's human and he's slowly just deteriorating inside of the symbiote. Like, his organs are being replaced with symbiote material, his brain cells as they're dying are being replaced with symbiote material. Is his medication being like replaced with uh, I mean, symbiote material? I mean, he's very slowly becoming... Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, there's no he's one else left that Viagra. To, to use that with. So. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's hard to take that. Right? No, it's not. Um, and to, and it, sh- it has this very nice page of like how as Eddie Brock is becoming more and more just part of the symbiote like his memories are being replaced with the symbiote so like it shows a picture of him drawing a picture of his mom when he was little but it's his like a female symbiote with mom dress on and stuff like that and like all his friends in elementary school were all symbiotes and eventually venom lets him go when he turns into dust oh while this is this is like the first very small part of the book while this is happening you find out that the kree had taken the shackles off the their supreme intelligence and it kind uh. of just started taking over their, the universe and because they did that all the other civilizations who had like this techno sort of intelligence running them took all the shackles off theirs and it became this giant war of AIs, AIs <laughs> that was slowly Take over the world. It's a it's the next Terminator crossover. What? Yep. <laughs> so I mean, and this is after I think the world had already been destroyed. Like Earth had already been destroyed. There wasn't a whole lot of bio life left in the world. But Venom, because he knew he couldn't sustain himself without a biological form inside of him, started recreating life. Like, he literally, like, because he had absorbed all this DNA from all the hosts that he had, started tapping into the powers of those people, and, like, he started creating humans and making them better, so that he had this giant, huge, like, planets, life of, just full of babies. Potential symbiotic relationships. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. Isn't that why we all have babies, though? (laughs) Just for the potential symbiotic relationships that they offer and it was, and he is crazy because it shows him like he uses storms' powers to like seed planets with life because biological forms need air and food and stuff like that. So they need like the sort of environment that is good for. Is he just gonna recreate Earth and then it'll have been us <coughs> and that's the story of all of us in our normal? Did I just did I ruin it? Well. <laughs> It's interesting because this does take place over trillions of years. So eventually this AI war that's happening, they all coalesce into one god mind is what they call themselves. And they're going through the universe trying to turn everything into like an AI structure. So they're slowly killing all biological stuff and including 
celestials, anything. Anything that would pose a threat to them at all, which is everything. Except for humans, we're not a threat. But they did they are, know, yeah. have one of the humans go up to the, this, this mountain and then bring down this like tablet with rules because <laughs> they want us to like follow their AI life. Right? We're getting a lot of crossovers here, man. <laughs> so... Um, it's a the, tablet. It's like a touchpad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the AIs that was in this war was Tony Stark's AI that had since surpassed Tony Stark, but it still had his personality in it. So, like, that's the face they're using as, like, their reach out to Venom to say, hey, like, here's our, here's our deal for you. And he's talking to him like he's Tony Stark, but it's just a robot with Tony Stark's face. It's very weird. Um, but so what Venom does is he learns how to time travel and he goes back and he bonds with every single person ever alive. So <coughs> if we lived in Venom's reality, you've bonded with Venom and you've bonded with Venom. He's like doing an Oprah thing. Like we all get to bond yeah, yeah, with yeah. Venom. So yeah. he literally <laughs> is the living suppository for every single biological Imagine thing that's ever lived. If Venom has like a STD, he's got like a lot of phone calls to make. I mean, he has a million STDs. <laughs> He has all of them. He has all. Of, he is an STD. Yeah. And he tries to use that to take down the robots, and it doesn't work. So, I guess this was something that maybe came out during the event. He has like the way he can store all these DNA samples or whatever codes is that apparently the symbiote's DNA structure is a tesseract. So it's oh. like a portal to yeah. another dimension. And that's where they store all their stuff, I guess. Uh, uh -huh. So It doesn't make sense, but I'll allow it. Right. I mean, you know. So eventually he uses that to like like flip himself inside out and like transform himself into another dimension and create this whole fledgling once he realizes he's not gonna win against the AI. He creates this whole fledgling universe that's literally like like, you, have you guys seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or read it? Yeah. You know that point where they destroy Earth and then they just recreate it and everything's like it was? Uh -huh. It's kind of like that. That's what Venom okay. does. He imbues, he puts everybody back in the time that they're supposed to be, and life carries on. And then on. presses play. <laughs> Am I ready? Did I get everything? <laughs> check, the list, check the list three times. Okay, yeah. I'm going to press play. Let's go. Um, the most fun thing about this book, though, is I don't you don't know who's telling this story. It's being told like maybe Deadpool is telling it. There's a lot of graphics. There's like a whole time arrow, like a timeline arrow that's running through the middle of it. It's very flashy. Anytime they show somebody that Venom is bonded with, it has like their little headshot and it's got like a star rating underneath on their how successfully they've bonded with Venom, like that's how good fun. of a host they are. So they have a whole star rating for that. You get to the end of it and you realize it is Tony Stark. AI telling this story ah. and he's kind of it's almost like a watcher sort of role where he's got all these universes around him and he's like we have to preserve this one because it's the Christine. it's like a huge basically he's like this is a human preservation like you know nice. we're like a nash a natural national forest to the this AI community now they just stand there and watch us and make sure everything's okay. They, like, watch... It's really fucking weird. <laughs> like, they, they, it sounds like I just told you guys the whole fucking story, but literally that was, like, not. And you should totally read it, because it was, was really good. <laughs> that, it was just, that like... was the cover. Bits and pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a trillion it's years. Like it's like an eight-panel... It's an eight-panel cover that just... <laughs> it's got a lot of information. It was, it was really, really good. I, I actually enjoyed reading it a lot. Uh, even though... Was, I had no idea what was going on for half of it, but it was really interesting. The creativity of the story, I think, was impressive. I would hope that this would actually come in scroll form. I think it'd be Oh my god, that would that, be amazing. You know, instead of this, just a comic would get flipped through. I like that scroll technique. <laughs> uh, I think it said scroll for a second. Oh, scroll. <laughs> and I just feel like the AI turns out to be a scroll. Like, <laughs> scroll AI. Listen, man, That's they have plenty of twists. They're turning themselves inside out to make tesseract portals to other universes. <laughs> when, you, when you were saying that, I was reminded of the Mila Jovovich ultraviolet movie where she pulls the sword out of just the little whatever which is being stored oh, in another... Yeah, yeah. Like, like a, a bag of holding. Like a... What, what, what I was assuming would be like an alternate dimension or something, right? Yeah. Right? Now, we can't forget that the first one to do it was Jimmy Neutron. 
He had the little hypercube that he kept all Pretty of his Pretty sure the first time I do it was Mary Poppins. Ooh. <laughs> That's dark magic. That's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> She's a witch, and we all know it. She fed those kids sugar to help the medicine <laughs> yeah. go down, mm-hmm. and that was the methamphetamines. <laughs> that medicine was cyanide. Yeah. <laughs> do you have anything else? Um. Well, no. I caught up, I caught up on... Uh, Batman's Grave, which is being written by Warren Ellis. It's an interesting story. It gets into the detective side of Batman a little bit. You can see him. He does this whole thing where he sits down and he puts himself into whoever he's investigating. You like gross. sort of thing, and you see it like in his imagination what's happening around him, and it's very like detective showy. Uh, really, I just love the way Alfred is written in this book. He's so fucking snarky. I love it so much. One of the one of the issues, he wakes up with a massive hangover from drinking all night. Like Alfred, you are a person. <laughs> uh, uh, I read Iron Man twenty twenty number one, and I, I will say this: I haven't read just straight up the Iron Man in one or two years. I used to, that used to be one of the books I used to love. Uh, after the Civil... Then they made her a girl. Well, that's not the reason <laughs> why, but I mean, it was, Tony was there as a AI kind of mentor, but after the whole Civil War II thing, which is still one of the worst mm-hmm. uh, events they've done, I kind of was done with Tony for a while, and but then he popped back up and he's been in the Avengers and he's been around and he's even been within the recent uh, Iron Man uh, books. However, what has been recently revealed is it's not really Tony. That's his AI consciousness in a like life model decoy type person. So his body's really dead. He's gone. And through all that, uh, his brother Arno has taken over Stark Industries. That's right. And we now have this, which is the new series, uh, Iron Man 2020, which it's it's interesting because it's it's AI versus pretty much Arno, who is now Iron Man. What I liked about it is it has Machine Man, who it's interesting because he's the one with all these AI cybernetic uh, type, uh, I don't know what you'd call them, just workers or anything, where you have a lot of these robots that are building construction and it starts off with the AI army being introduced with the life model decoy of Nick Fury uh, being part of that and then you get the reveal that Machine Man is kind of behind all that as well and I'm trying to really figure like is there going to be a Tony Stark within this because he went missing after it was known that he's not a real person. The fake Tony Stark went missing. Yeah. Okay. But it's hard to say fake because it's, I mean, it's it's him. <laughs> yeah. But it's not him. I just see the possibilities for the movie. Non-human him. And with all that happening, there is pretty much like a entity coming to Earth. Uh, they call it the extin- extinction event entity. Um, kind of like a robot Galactus coming to Earth. And it's... Or like a Michigan storm. Michigan winter storm. Of and nanobots. Of nanobots. <laughs> Arno, Arno needs to get take care of this AI uprising on Earth. Otherwise, this thing is going to come and have a full-fledged army already to have its back. So, And in the end, you then finally get a reveal that Tony is there, Tony is back. And it seems like you don't know which side Tony is on. But this is also AI robot Tony, at least from what I was reading of it. Um it got me back into wanting to know a little bit more. I hope that we get true Iron Man, but again, maybe he's dead, dead. Yeah. Which you know, I doubt. Loki's never dead, and he should be dead. Well, Loki yeah, but Loki's die. a god. Yeah. Loki's supposed to be there till the end of time. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if anyone's gonna figure out a way to bring himself back to life, it is gonna be Tony Stark, right? Really, I mean, honestly, but I do see where they could use this because there's been talk of Iron Man making appearances in future Marvel properties, and people are trying to guess how that's going to be. Whether it's like 
I mean, obviously, Hologram. obviously he's in Black Widow, but that's a prequel. And like, is he going to show up as like an AI sort of thing in the Spider-Man movie? And he's definitely going to be in the what ifs because those are what ifs. Um, but if they do something like that, where they take a life model decoy and it's just Tony Stark, I mean, what's the difference, really? Yeah. Are the what ifs animated though? Yeah. So they but, can do whatever they want. Yeah. And well, and Robert Robert Downey Jr. has done his has done voice work for What Ifs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the cast so, are doing yeah. those. Yeah. Um, the other book that I want to talk about is The Question: The Death of Vic Sage Number Two. Now, I will be completely honest. When I was reading this, there is some shit that I'm like, "This is dark." The I d- feel like this should be a black label. And then I went back to the front cover and oh, it yeah, it is a black label. It is a yeah. black label. Like, there's some stuff in here that straight up, uh, set in the Western time. Is this, um, who's this, who's the writer on this? Um, we have Jess, Jess Jeff Lemire. Lemire. That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, and Dennis Cowan's pencil, like, it, it, the art is beautiful. Um, you can definitely tell, and I feel like all the black label books are just gorgeous in how they oh, do it. Yeah. It's not the DC template, mm-hmm. uh, that they normally have. But what really made me go back was uh, there was straight up, it looks like a brutal like hanging of a man because it's set in the, the <laughs> Wild West. Luckily, he gets uh, knocked down from that. But then there's a person that gets shot straight in the head, an arrow through the neck of someone else, and towards the end, like, bullet through. And I'm like, this is some stuff that's more, they don't, they show those things off panel. So it was, uh, that's where I had to go back and see what I was reading. Now, the question for me has, and that's not the statement, the question, the character Mm. for me, I've never really truly knew. And I don't know a whole heck of a lot more about who the question is, except for his real name is, is Vic Sage, uh, within one of the new 52, I think it was, uh, it was someone else. He doesn't have any superpowers. He is kind of like, a detective, um, kind of like a Batman type person, you know, knows kung fu, fighting styles. But after issue one, he died, and then this one goes to the past into the westerns. And at the end of this one, spoiler alert, he also dies and then wakes up in 1946. So I, I'm very hooked on where this is going. It's interesting of a character who. Uh, pretty much is a, you know, looks black and white like good and evil, but you're starting to see what is good and evil throughout this. Um, again, more of an adult type book, but that's why it's black label, and that's why I think most of the black label books should all be read anyways. Yeah, they're real good. So I really, really uh, enjoyed this. Didn't know what I was getting book. into. Seemed questionable. Uh, the last time I read... So, in 52, not New 52, but, like, the actual series 52, the question died of lung cancer, Vic Sage, then, mm-hmm. and Renee Montoya became Yeah, that's the who it was, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't think that they had gone back on that, so it's nice to see it. I liked his character a lot. His creepy-ass fucking Rorschach sort of face except there's no markings on it it's yeah, literally it's just, just a blank face mm. it's kind of terrifying I would be scared if I were a villain <laughs> um talking about villains you had mentioned uh, something about the, the boys earlier uh the characters at C2E2 yeah we were looking at yeah. that reminded me of something I saw I think a week ago we've already uh well, we didn't talk about it on the podcast. We just talked about it amongst ourselves. That unfortunately, Watchmen is not going to get a second season. Supposedly, it it, it the way that it ended was nice. Uh, however, the way that I thought it would go, I've heard rumors of they can't go that way because that's what's happened on the boys, aka people getting powers. Because as we've seen in that that series. People are just popping up, getting superpowers left and right. What's going to happen there? And it would feel kind of... You don't want to double down on the same... Same, same yeah. yeah. Same story. Even though it would be way different in different Watchmen universe, I could see how some people might 
come on. Plus, it was a perfect season, perfect series. I wish they would have just said it was a limited series, a ten part series. Did we get ten? It was eight. I think it was ten. I, ten it felt uh, like episodes. forever, but in a good way. And <laughs> I'm I'm okay. Like that's the thing where for me I want more, but I don't want more if it's gonna then just ruin it. What's the it's the Firefly effect where you're like, oh, I'd love more episodes of Firefly, but you're always concerned that the new episodes right. will not live up to the original. So you're like. Just be happy that you got a great series. And, well, that's a bad example, know, though, because that got cut short. It did, but Ser- and Serenity finished it off, story-wise, and put it in a good position. But it's that you're always looking back. You're like, oh, well, what if I got... And then you end up with, uh, you know, Futurama, where you're like, I love Futurama, and the later seasons have good spots but aren't as good as the old ones. And you're like, ah, I didn't actually like what I got. You know, you're kind of disappointed by it, so... It's nice if they know they're going to end it when they start it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not like halfway through or you have to like, oh, by the way, you're canceled. So you have six episodes to wrap, you know, five seasons of stuff up or something like that. Yeah. So. Well, it sounded like Damon Lindelof, who this is not surprising. That man wrote for Lost in The Leftovers. So the fact that he left this show on a like a cliffhanger <laughs> sort of thing is not uh-huh. surprising, really. I mean, he's a he's a fuck. Like he does this all the time, but I it's like I don't I just don't know why you <laughs> would not want to just keep going with that sort of successful thing. Mm-hmm. Like I get that he had a story to tell and he told it, but does he not have any more stories to tell? Maybe it's more of a personal thing. We're never gonna find out. Like you know, his dog died or something. He's just like I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> he just wants to like. I want to go away for a yeah. while. I don't like this anymore. Yeah. I'm going to be a woodworker in yeah. the woods. <laughs> and he said HBO can continue if they want to, but they refused to, to keep going without him because obviously he's one of the reasons I will why say it was so good. HBO used to be almost entirely, in my mind, it was, oh, I can watch movies there. Yeah. And they have really established themselves as a production studio that enjoys having quality things on their list not just the number i mean things that they do like with the john oliver and when he was getting sued for uh, libel against the uh cole dude did you watch pumped thousands and thousands tens of thousands of dollars into his legal defense it wasn't him directly it was a show but they're backing a lot of that up same with the boys and all that or not the boys the um watchmen quality shows Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you end up watching the the? I think it was the last of last season's show where he did the whole um, ten minute production. Yeah, that's to it was, say fuck you. To yeah, him. that was the response to him because they they won their legal case. It was a slap suit. The whole episode was on slap suits, just suits to make people shut up because they can't afford to defend themselves long enough. Um, so it's like either you go into bankruptcy defending yourself, or um, you know you get so annoyed that we settle and then you cancel your court and well, whatever. But yeah, it was pro- quite the production. He actually, they went down to like Times Square and closed off portions of it so they could do a Broadway style dance musical number. It was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I just recently saw it and I was like, damn, that was a lot of money to oh, yeah. put in. Yeah. I mean, and that's what you'll see with this show. I mean, I hate on Game of Thrones and stuff for pieces of it, but they were not had any issue with pumping money, whatever was needed for the people to do what they did. So probably I, I have a feeling with the Lindelof, they want that quality and are like, we want it to be mm. the same show. We don't mm-hmm. want it to go in some weird direction. So if we don't get them, whatever. People will watch our next show. It's true. Uh, so Disney, after acquiring everything, <laughs> uh, they're officially dropping the name Fox from... Most everything, they're undecided what they're going to do with the channel, which I do think they should honestly keep it at Fox. It would be so weird to be rebranded. Yeah. For movie wise, yes, you know, um, you know, twentieth century Fox, it's just going to be twentieth century, and Fox Searchlight Studios is just going to be Searchlight Studios. That makes a little bit more sense than. Fox does still exist on its own, like the rest of the Fox name. So I get why they're doing that, but it'll be weird. And speaking of Disney, they are suing 
Well, not suing. They're going after uh, people for uh, baby Yodas. On, well, so on Etsy, they and eBay they they forced people. They forced Etsy and probably eBay as well. I read an article about Etsy uh, that for them to take down any postings that referred to Baby Yoda or Star Wars or The Mandalorian, even though, like, technically this is fan art. Yep. So it's completely legal. Yeah. If they if they win a case or something like that, there goes Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much so. Just gone. Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's Disney's mantra. Yeah. I mean, buy the thing, and then that's why... Disney is the reason why we have current copyright laws and trademark laws for characters and stuff like that. Disney's the reason why. And one of my favorite Disney stories is a former Disney employee, or it was a person who went to the house of a former Disney employee, and they were talking about, like, Rule 34 of Disney characters. So any pornography, whatever. And it was that Dis- the artists at Disney... When you, while you're working for Disney, you have no, you don't have IP. Anything you create is the property of Disney while you're employed with them. And so people were allowed to draw whatever they wanted because it's America and you're allowed to draw whatever you want. And so a lot of people drew pornographic mm-hmm. art of Disney characters. Disney has a vault of all of these things. Rule 34. And it's just thousands upon thousands of artworks of people pornographizing uh, their art. And so I'm like, well, that's the other side of the sword. Obviously, Disney doesn't care. They're still making money. Disney has a character that is just a font with legs and uh, it's a a phrase that says fuck you, Disney. And it's a a superhero that runs around. It's Rule 34. I made that while I was working for Disney. And of course, it's theirs. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Disney. (laughs) There was a... There was a... Thing last, and it was last year or the year before, where a dad was literally trying to get. He wrote to Disney to say, "My child has died, and he loves Spider Man. I would like to put Spider Man on his grave." Ooh. And Disney was straight up like, "No, fuck you." I remember that. <laughs> you can't do that. We have to preserve the innocence of the brand. I'm like, what the fuck is more like innocent and on brand than like allowing? You know what, Disney? On your tombstone, <laughs> we're not gonna put Mickey, <laughs> the brand. <laughs> But I looked at some of that, some of that Etsy stuff, and it's cute as shit. And you know what? It's Disney's fault for fucking dropping the ball on that bullshit. Yeah, because that stuff's not coming out until May. And I'm not going to lie, I bought a plush Baby Yoda, or I pre-ordered it, I should say. Don't you're tell me Disney's re- coming! You're going to have to return, return that, or they're coming for you. No, no, no. I, you're the official, you're the official, official one, I pre-ordered, pre-ordered it. Uh, oh, I was, like, waiting for the choppers oh. outside. I was like, do I need to get out of here before <laughs> Tony gets raided? <laughs> and I'm also thinking of getting That's one Charles of the Anderson. small little... <laughs> The small little like uh, figures too. Yeah, yeah, it's so cute. I'm not gonna lie. It's so cute. There's a ice cream place in one of the suburbs of Grand Rapids. It's called the Cookie Underground. It's cookies and ice cream. They actually make a Baby Yoda ice cream dish. It's so cute. <laughs> Almost too cute to eat, but not because it's ice cream. Um, did you guys hear about the leaked script for Duel of the Fates? Which was going to be originally episode nine, Mm-mm. and that's what it was going to be titled. I did, yes. You did. I uh, I did not read it because I am currently of the opinion of the done goofed, but we're stuck with it, so whatever. So uh, Col- Colin Trevorrow uh, originally had the the script made, and they took some parts from it, but best. We all know my opinion on this. Mm-hmm. This script, oh my god, it seems so much better. But as you said, you're right. It's it's set in stone. You can't change it. But I can still be angry about why they didn't go these routes. And there's a couple key differences uh, within it. One of which they originally had um, it being revealed that uh, Kylo is the one that killed Ray's parents. Biggest change, which would be great, is that he would not be redeemed. Oh. He was Lack still, of a redemption arc, that's like the way to my heart right now. He was still going to go to, to Mustafar to uh, seek guidance. There, or he was going to, uh, there was going to be Palpatine within it, but it was going to be a hologram that pretty much told him about who Palpatine uh, had 
studied under. And he was actually probably talking to Darth Vader at some point. Darth Plagueis the Wise? No, that's what they said. It wasn't going to be that because I'd be given in too much. But that he was then, so that he goes and uh, trains under this guy briefly. You have the, uh, pretty much most of the First Order is still trying to come about. Actually, within the beginning scroll, because we know how the last uh, episode uh, ended, it says Kylo Ren has cut off communication between star systems. That's a huge thing. That's why they can't get a huge uh, resistance coming about. And that's actually freaking technologically smart. Yeah. Why they haven't done that before, or how they necessarily do that, who knows. There was just a lot of things within it that I'm like, oh, that could have been great. That would have been cool. Because what they did was, I think eh. I think with having, what is it, about a month ago now? It came out in December, right? Yeah. So yeah, we're about a month out from having seen it the opening weekend. And <clears throat> I, I just think that the overall... The film had to do, because of the way that they did it, the film had to do too much exposition outside of the action of the film. There's a lot of exposition in the opening crawl. The opening crawl should honestly be useless. Like that, It, it should not be explaining key plot points in the opening text of Star Wars. Star Wars should open and be like, da-da, you know, Star Wars theme. The crawl starts. And, like, you look at episode four and stuff, they're like, the... Uh, universe is under threat. Leia is being chased. You don't even need that because the first scene is Leia being chased. You don't even need to know why she was being chased. I mean, it's nice to know she has Death Star plans, but the movie explains, oh, she had the Death Star plans. So everything in the opening crawl is explained in the movie. I think that the fact that they're like in episode 9, they said Palpatine has sent a message. You're like, whoa, hold up. That's the entire, like, you just took all of the hype and build-up of throwing Palpatine's laugh in, like, early trailers and mm-hmm. stuff like that and just said, oh, yeah, he's back, whatever. Just yeah. in the opening Unless call. you played you Fortnite, this. and then you knew that yeah, coming already. Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, that was their problem, is they had too much exposition to explain the way that they did it. They just needed to simplify the story. They needed to stop making it, you know, about 19 different characters. Uh, I don't care if you kill them off. Kill them off well. But it's hard to follow what's happening with nine different people, especially if you put them on different systems. And then you're like, what about the uh, First Order? What's the status of everything? You know, we haven't seen any fleet sizes, blah, blah, blah. So there was just too much to tell because of their choices. It's not that they were, it's like, oh, they were stuck with a bad situation. They made their situation. And that we got what we got. But the limb has been removed. The gangrene is gone, and we can just move on, and yeah. hopefully the rest. Fallen Order was great, great game, had a good story, followed all the rules of the Force. Um, Rebels, I just finished that a couple weeks ago, and that was super good. I heard they're going after Taika for the next movies, and he's like, I'm never going to do a Star Wars movie. You guys will regret that decision almost immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Watiti. <laughs> I think he would do great. I think he would do really well with a, a one-off a, character. Well, right. Not the main... I think, yeah, not yeah. the main stories, which obviously they're not really doing, but I yeah. feel like they still need to have a main story I to mean, tie would, the galaxy together. He would do great with, like, an Obi-Wan film or a Qui-Gon film or something like that where he can just tell a story independent. And I would say don't even make it... Make it Originals or earlier. Mm-hmm. Don't make it anything in this new universe. We still got to settle. It's still too. He could do a Jar Jar Binks standalone movie. <laughs> I think it. He's probably the only person on the planet who could actually make Hold us on. watch that movie Having and seen... be like, "All right, that was fine." Having seen Ragnarok, <laughs> we selected Binks. <laughs> I think that he should do the uh, Jar Jar Binks Sith timeline. That'd be great. He could do a funny yeah, film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like the worst Sith or something? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the great <laughs> The Sith reason Lord. why they're all gone? Yeah. The Jar Jar Binks of Sith? Which is actually just Jar Jar Binks. We but, thought it was Vader killing all spoiler. the Jedi. It was, yeah, right. It was really <laughs> Binks the in darkest the background. timeline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Means I don't want to look back that far. <laughs> <clears throat> 
don't got any real news. What did I write down on my little piece of paper here? Everything that you said. Actually, sorry, did you guys watch the Morbius trailer? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, what, I did are, not. what are your... Oh, you did not see it. No. Tony? Yeah. This is probably the one time yeah. I'm like, that it's appropriate to have Jared Leto in this in a role like this. Yeah, he he's probably just gonna fit just perfectly in there. And then in the background in the trailer is uh, Spider Man, and it says murderer and stuff, and that is so cheesy looking. But like, that's neat. Fine. Yeah. It, the, the, well, there's a the lot of things that uh, people are talking about. That's the suit from the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. But it's also the same one that was spray-painted in the alley from uh, Spider-Verse movie. Mm. So they're trying to say... And you know what? I don't think they're trying to tie everything together. Well, we got the vulture. But that's happening. that's the one thing, right. though, is... Yeah, that was kind of cool. Having him at the end, I'm like, What's up, where Doc? is this? Are they trying to make this, then, an MCU? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I, we've always wanted a true Sinister Six that we've never really gotten in the movies right. yeah and I watched um the amazing spider-man one and two with uh something Garfield uh, Andrew Garfield yeah, yeah. just to kind of like see if there's any kind of whatever and at the end of uh, the second one they they bring it all together and they're all ready for a sinister yeah. six movie and then they because Osborne and uh, Oscorp court has a has in the basement or whatever has all these different suits the vulture whatever uh the wings Yep. The Dr. Octopus uh, limbs and the rhino suit, and they started with the rhino. At the very end of the movie, they gave, um, what's that guy's name? Paul Giamatti. Yes, Paul yes. Giamatti. They gave, uh, yeah. See, repository just, of right useless there. information. Right <laughs> they there. gave him the rhino suit and then just ended it right there. I think that... Getting ready for a Sinister the Six. The rumors thing. are that the plans for Spider-Man 3 is a Sinister Six movie. But, you know, mm-hmm. rumors, so... I don't believe it. You never know what's going to happen. But that would be interesting. Fun movie fact that I recently learned. I mean, I guess I would have spotted it, but didn't really. Out of the last uh, Spider-Man movie, uh, Far From Home, is the first Spider-Man out of all the Spider-Mans where the ending battle was taking place during the day. All the other ones are at Mm. night. Some useless movie fact, but still Mm. a movie fact uh, nonetheless. Yeah. Interesting for sure. And also with that uh, picture in the alleyway saying murderer, that also ties in from Far From Home because Spider-Man is a murderer murderer at the time. Execute them all. Although in the comic books he has... Well, Michael Keaton's right there in the the trailer. So we know for sure that it's part of that, yeah. Yeah, for sure. 100% One hundred percent. Yeah, it's going to be. And I saw somewhere that Tom Holland has signed on to be in Venom Two. I don't know if that's been confirmed or not because I only do so much research when I'm looking at. This well, I know. Shit. I know that they, from the beginning, like especially around the whole split, um, original issue with Sony, is that they already were talking about. We're excited about things we can do with the Venom universe and incorporating <clears throat> Spider-Man into that in some ways. So. In the comics, in order to defeat Carnage, uh, Spider-Man had to team up with Venom to to stop him. Well, in this one, probably it'll be Venom has to team up with Spider-Man to stop him. Mm-hmm. Right? Stop That's coming up, isn't crazy it? Crazy I mean, Woody Harrelson Carnage. Yes. Yeah. Which it's I am gonna very be a little, interested a little twist on it that, that Venom comes to Spider-Man for help <laughs> yeah. for some reason. Because uh, the first Venom, the villain was... Uh, one of the other symbiotes, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't Carnage, right? Yeah, and the, right. and the it was the Life Foundation. Yeah, their symbiotes. Yep. There's a couple of and them. And then like the the general of the symbiote ship or whatever. Yeah. They were coming to try to get Venom back, but yeah, um, yeah I could see it be cool. <laughs> we'll You're see. a loser, Eddie, like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last thing I want to talk about is. Um, Fortunately, the world has, uh, you know, had a great one leave this earth. Uh, Christopher Tolkien, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's son uh, and steward of Middle Earth, as he should be called, um, passed away this past week. Um, he he did great. Like most of some stories that most people hear is that The Hobbit was created as a bedtime story for him and his siblings growing up. I love everything Middle Earth, and I love that the Tolkien estate, estate has really tried to preserve 
what he created and they're very limited into what they give license to and everything they may not agree with everything as i do that i think the lord of the rings movies were great they definitely agree that the hobbit movies were not that great but what we've gotten from that is a world that has not just been you know taken over by conglomerates to milk it for all that it's worth and that's partly because of him trying to preserve his dad's work and i think the casual fan like one who doesn't hasn't spent a lot of time wouldn't necessarily know that tolkien wrote the universe he wrote the notes and stuff but christopher was really the ones that took his original notes and expanded on with the silmarillion and really establishing a lot of the lore i mean that's what allowed you to get things um like the extended games universe universe you have which are all like all within this canon universe and there's so many creatures there's um i mean you watch any of the interviews that uh not john stewart um john Oliver. who did the daily show after him oh trevor noah no before him oh that guy what's his name craig ferguson no no john stewart <coughs> then who else took after him after John Stewart? It was yeah. Trevor Noah. Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert, that's it. Oh, like literally after him, like time-wise. Yeah, 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 not yeah. who took him. <laughs> yeah, well, before Trevor Noah was what I was talking about. But anyways. You're right, right, right. So if Colbert is like a huge fan of this, and you you listen yes. to what he talks mm-hmm. about, and he'll talk about the Iyer and the Valar, and like all the people will be like, what is he talking about? But like Christopher took this and built like so much from it. You've got a whole sing- singular god character you've got angels you've got fallen angel stories you've got the balrogs and giant there's some really cool pictures that show the size of the dragon so we saw smaug in the um hobbit films but like he's one of the smaller dragons in existence you know in the lord of the rings and the biggest one being you know was fought by the elves before men came and the angels and the elves teamed up to fight a dragon and the dragon was the size of two mountains and just stuff like that just ridiculous nature and all of that feeds into it and you don't really know it when you watch the films or anything like that but it doesn't address gravity and large, <laughs> large objects uh, yeah he had a gravitational pull <laughs> yeah, yeah magic um but yeah there's some really cool stuff and even just like gandalf being reincarnated all that there's so much cool his story behind that and yeah, it's it's cool that they've done it. I've been a little angry sometimes with the estate. They've been a little stingy about yeah. stuff, and I'm like, come on, man, this could have been a cool story. Things that they've. Well, we got a the whole past, prequel series coming out on Amazon. We do. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And I don't know a single person who's been slated. They're like, the cast has been released, and I was like, ooh, who is it? Oh, I don't know any of these people. Okay, this could be a completely random show. No, it could be good though. I mean, I like to not have to know some what somebody's gonna play. Like some people's. Um, some people like Mila Jovovich. She's yeah, Mila Jovovich. She's cast <laughs> as a certain kind of character, right? Yeah, Except I, for in the new Hellboy, which doesn't count. Just doesn't. <laughs> like I said, everything that I love that Tolkien had made, um, Christopher devoted his life to making yeah. that legacy even more widely known. And to be honest, I mean, I would love it to be someone in the family, but I don't know anyone else in the family that is as devoted um, as Christopher was. But I, I, Tony knows them personally. This is a personal opinion. <laughs> well, I want, I want someone to make more stories within this world. Take some notes. Yeah. Uh, there are some scripts and notes of things that don't fit anywhere in that they ha- they've released the just the notes is what they are. You could have someone take those works and create a whole story of it. Most people might say that that shit Release don't do it, and I know the estate probably wouldn't allow Release it. But then again, I I want more of this world um, in my lifetime at least to love it. And again, like I said, uh, sad that that he's gone, that he couldn't. He did a lot. I wish he was just alive a little bit longer to do more, more to see how the Amazon show goes yep. to. See oh. if it's what he feels his dad's. Because they're pretty involved. Then. You mean for the it to kill him? <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty involved with uh, the state was with stuff that they didn't just basically sign out a license and say good luck. They would actually be typically written as producers on it because they were creative influences on whatever they were doing. 
So I'm curious to see what that, what will happen with the estate. Because he was the patriarch for sure of that yeah, whole so thing. Yeah, so we're all just going to be super disappointed and sad for him. Yes. He got out early. Yeah. He's like, this is going <laughs> to suck. Deuces. Yeah. And he faded like, into the force. Good luck, y'all. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. yeah so. He screwed. That's, uh, that's all I got. Shit, I'm a force ghost. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong universe. Oh. No. Well, that's only I after Disney this. acquires the this. Tolkien estate. Yep. <laughs> oh. Um. Well, I guess until next week. Uh, you don't have booze in a book. I don't have a booze in the book. I well, was I was trying to. I got a quick one, just right out of my ass. <laughs> okay, Zima and. <laughs> Uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what what Jolly Rancher are you dropping in the Zima? <laughs> all right, all right. The, uh, a green one, a green apple, Sour Zima, apple. Sour, Sour apple, yeah. Zima, and just read a World Combat comic. Well, speaking of green, before you quit, get to booze. Okay. Did you guys hear about the green puppy that was born? What? Yeah, it. Uh, they're calling it a little Hulk, Hulk puppy. Now it was born like lime green. No. And yes, and I thought there's no way that could truly happen, but I guess it has to do part with. Uh, it was supposed to be a white dog, and it the skin oh, fur got dyed. It's temporary; it will go away. But it's a little Hulk dog right no. now, at least. It's adorable. It says, "If the Masonium in that sack, it will is in the sack, it will actually stain the fur." So it's a chemical, biological stain, basically, on the way yeah. out. I was hoping. I was like, "There's no effing way that could be real, genetic wise." Which obviously, it's it's not within the fur. But it's still cute and interesting how that happened. Yeah, like I love they, that they're, they're they like, pulled out a color chart. It would probably be just yellow, and everybody's <laughs> freaking out because their eyes are all fucked up. And if you look at it long enough, you know it's going to be yellow anyway. Is this a dress? Is this a yes? Yes, this is black and gold mm -hmm. or whatever. Just pull out the color chart, put it next to the puppy, and take a picture in a newspaper, you know, <laughs> and just be done with this whole. This is green. Doesn't look like a Hulk. Hulk is way more saturated. What's really funny is they did name it Hulk. So if it turns out to be like. Uh, a 12 pound puppy that's not a Hulk at all. That'll be very interesting. Be like, why is it named Hulk? Uh, it's ironic. Because uh, it'll be white. The dog will come out and it'll actually be white. So, Alright. Booze in a book. So I caught up on Safe Sex from Image this week. It's on epi uh, episode. It's on issue 5. Uh, it's very brief synopsis of it. It takes place in a world where the party has gotten rid of Deviants by cutting people off from sex. So, like, you have to be married to have sex. After you have sex with your spouse, you have to file paperwork about it. Like, Brought it's you very, like, Puritan. Um, but in the underground, there's still, like, this active sex trade. In the underground, happening. is that, like, in the underground? <laughs> there is. I mean, it is. This is not safe for work. Like, you should not buy this book and take it to work with you. You should keep it away from your children. Like, that being said, just go ahead and bring it to work. <laughs> see what happens. Now it is, it's a whole new world. It's a brave new world. Don't delete your kids see it, though. I agree with that. So my very on-the-nose booze pairing with this is a slippery nipple. Of course. Oh, right? yeah. Sambuca oh. and Irish cream. I mean, what else? It goes down smooth. Drink with it, it goes down smooth. That's what counts. <laughs> slippery. It's accidentally falling into your mouth. <laughs> Like, Officer, it's what usually we have sex. <laughs> we usually, I just slipped accident. and fell <clears throat> onto his penis. <laughs> it was slippery. <laughs> Couple slippery nipples on your night goes weird. That's for sure. Yes, but you so. came, so. Oh. Um. Well, that's biology. <laughs> it's, Sorry. It's been a while, asshole. <laughs> so there. There's my very, very sudden booze in a book. Very sudden. <laughs> very quick. Very slippery. Um. I, I feel like I want to end on a on a good note. A slippery so. nipple's not a good note. Ending on a good note. In my opinion, that's a good note. You see the commercial with Slimer, uh, the Ghostbusters and Slimer, or uh, was it Progressive or something like that? I don't know what the hell it was, but it was a it was a terrible, terrible Slimer. How's no? that ending on a good note? <laughs> Don't no, no, worry. This is news. No movies yeah. can be great. You know what? Let's keep talking until it's good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's your good note, Tony? Oh, uh, I didn't. Well, I had one, but now it's just it's gone. Oh. Is it like so. you have? It was just gas. He was. He was gonna good. <laughs> he note. had a. He had a good bubble, and it went away. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess stay thirsty till next week and cost a coin. A coin. To your witcher. <laughs> yeah. A coin. 
Toss a toy into your <laughs> Twitcher. Toss a toy? Can't toss even do that, Toss right? a toy into your Twitcher. Oh. We should stop this before anything else happens. Tony, just cut it. Or wait, have you heard? Just cut it in the middle of somebody talking. Just edit it right out. Okay, so after this... I, I want someone to be saying something really good about like their lives. Like, you guys... This is a good note for what I have to You'll say. You'll never imagine what my well, girlfriend it's told scripted me now, last so. week. What, what was it? She's oh pre- <laughs> pregante. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna keep recording. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah, see how so bad it's pregante. Like, did you stop it yet? No. <laughs> okay. Anyways, the rest of the story right, is guys. And, and the baby I'm done recording. Green. Secretly, tell me really how shitty your lives are right now. It's going really well. Everything's fine. Uh, um, I, I think I live here now, so that's yeah. pretty bad. We're all. <laughs> Good note, we're all roommates. Now. Yay! <laughs> so stay thirsty Bump for beds. the fun. Fun for the whole family. We're going to release a second podcast about us all being roommates. Okay, I got to, uh, the toilet time between 9 and 9. 